chapter 13, the book of John. Chapter 13, we're in a series called Jesus Changes Everything leading up to Easter. I'm excited about Easter. You know, they say that over 80% of people will come to you when invited Easter weekend. So, uh, man, as we're leading up to Easter, let's be praying, God, who, who can I reach out to? Can I talk to a neighbor or a friend or a family member and, and just share share with them hope, and they'll they'll come. I promise. We're we're uh, we're preparing uh, the Easter weekend. It's not a it's not a production. It's well, we're praying just to be a powerful time of worship, and uh, we that's that's a big deal um, to us as a team that people encounter the presence of God whenever we worship God together. And uh, I don't know about you, but when today's been powerful, just worshiping together, and I want everybody to experience that. So invite them to come. It's going to be just a service fit for the risen king. John chapter 13. John chapter 13 and verse 1. Um, This is Jesus at the Last Supper, what we call it the Last Supper. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew, could you say that word with me? Knew, when he knew, when he knew, that his hour had come and that he should depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So good. In supper being ended, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, watch this, he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. I want to continue on in in reading. I want to read on in verse 12. It says, So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, he sat down again. He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. It's been such a powerful day. And I just want to share with you just a very simple thought from my heart. I feel so strong today. just want to call this message today, Two Basins. Two Basins. Two Basins. It's a choice. Two Basins. I have two up here. The OCD people, so that would be nice and symmetrical. There you go. Two Basins. How many of that was bothering you? You know, you're glad it's... Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your grace, your goodness, and your truth. Lord, this word today, Lord, it's so powerful. It's your last word to us, Lord, to your disciples. Lord, let us grasp, Lord, the gravity of who you are, what you want to do in our lives. Holy Spirit, would you speak words I could never say? Change us today. Change how we live. God, that's what we want. We don't want to be the same. We want to grow. We want to change. Make us better, God, by your word. We're, we're open. My heart's open today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Well, as I'm already up here crying, everybody. Uh, 
You know, when you think about last words, um, when, when someone's on their deathbed, whenever there's a time frame, they know that I only have a week left, those words and those moments are so, so powerful. And this is what we're getting to get a window into in the life of Jesus. He's, he knows. We said that he knows that he's about to die. He knows that this, these are his last moments and his last days. And I, I think in these last moments, we're getting to see what really matters and what's really important to him. What do you think is most important to God? What do you think God wants most of those of us that follow him? He shows the disciples a picture an example, if you will, that undoubtedly they would never, ever forget. This is his last word, his last message to them, and I believe it's his, his message to us as well because we are now disciples of Jesus because of the work of these first disciples that he showed this example to. And so I want to show you five things Jesus did that was so countercultural and that we can do as well. If you're taking notes, the first thing he did is he got up from supper. They're at this Last Supper, and he has the weight of the world on his shoulders, so much like I think we do. We're all busy. We all have weight. We all have things that we know we're about to do. We all have life. We all have a responsibility. And in the middle of all that, Jesus chooses to get up from his responsibility and to serve other people around him, to serve broken people, to serve uh, Orden to, to serve these disciples, that he was willing to interrupt his life for the lives of others. He was willing to live the life interrupted. You know, I wrote in my notes, some of the greatest divine connections have been directly connected to interruptions in my life. Moments where people intersected my life, and I'm so thankful that that, that, that God interrupted my day with those people because they're, they're life-changing relationships. If I could say it this way, some of the greatest relationships in my life or the greatest relationships are, are relationships that I never saw coming. I'm so thankful that I was willing to be interrupted along the way. Church, our lives are not about ourselves. Jesus is our example. That, that he sees value in, in everybody and he's willing to be interrupted by the needs of people. Do you know every person that you meet has the fingerprint of God on them? That there's no one that was junk that you'll ever see that is junk. There's no throwaway person to your God. Every person has incredible value because of whose they are and who they come from. That they are a child of God and they're important and valuable. No matter how much mess they're in, no matter how much trouble they're in, Jesus got up because his disciples had dirty feet. Jesus is not afraid of the dirt in our world. Jesus runs to the dirt and is interrupted by the dirt. He got up from supper. The second thing he did is he laid aside his garment. He would undoubtedly have been wearing a garment of a rabbi, which was, uh, which was very distinct and would display to the world who he was and his authority. But he was willing to take off his... He was secure enough to take off what the world would consider to be spectacular or important or look at me, look at who I am... He was willing to take that off in order to serve people around him. See, the disciples, the book of Luke gives us a particular insight about this situation, is the disciples, they were arguing about who was going to be the greatest. They were, they were Jesus was saving the world, having his last moment with his disciples, and they're sitting here arguing about who's going to be the best. 
Like he's the greatest. He's the best disciple. If you have kids, you know exactly how this argument goes. You know, you know, like they're arguing in the back seat of the car, and Jesus is, you know, Jesus is having this incredible moment, and they're sitting here arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And, and, and one of the ways that it happened is, is all of them had passed the basin. See, this was a normal thing to see in Jesus' day, especially upper rooms like where they were at where they would eat dinner together by the door there would be a basin sitting there and the basin and a towel and it was for a servant before people would eat because there were dirty streets and and everybody wore chacos and nobody had closed-toed shoes (laughs) they would uh their feet were dirty and before they would sit down to eat a servant would have been hired to wash everybody's feet so when they came to sit down there were clean feet so so what had happened is that every single disciple had walked past the bowl the basin of serving everyone had walked past that thinking that it was not their responsibility to serve rather they were try, try, they were trying to figure out which one was supposed to be the servant like John walks by and is like not me you know and then and then Peter walks by and he's like well, I'm one of the inner circle, you know. I mean, get Bartholomew to do it, you know. And everybody, and before long, everyone has walked past. They, they realize, okay, that's the place of a servant, but there was no servant there because this was a like a family gathering. This was the Last Supper. It was just uh, the, the disciples, and each one of them walked past the opportunity to serve, and, and, and then they started talking about who should serve and who was the greatest among them. See, they were insecure disciples. See. See, they were just walking around saying, well, who's, who am I better? Who's better than the next person? And they were insecure people. That, 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 that in their insecurity, they were all about position. If I could say it like this, secure people serve people. Insecure people seek position. Secure people serve people. Insecure people seek position. And these ten insecure men trying to jockey for who's the best and who's the greatest, stand there and focus on the hierarchy and their positions while the most secure person in the room decided to take off his his earthly kind of look at me, look who I am. He took off his, his robe of authority and he got down and he began to serve because he was secure. See, you cannot serve unless you understand who you are and you're secure who you are. How did Jesus serve? Well, the Bible's so amazing. It gives us the insight in how Jesus was thinking before he took up this towel and started serving. It says in verse 3, Jesus, watch this. First of all, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. Secondly, knowing that he had come from God. Thirdly, and knowing that he was going back to God. So Jesus' security come from his authority, his identity, and his destiny. His authority. He knew all things had been put in His hands from the Father. His identity. He knew He had come from God. His destiny. He knew He was returning back to God. And in that, He was able to be secure enough to serve somebody else around Him. Church, do you know how we become secure people, secure enough to serve? We understand that we too have authority in Christ. We have identity in Christ. And in Christ, we have, we have a destiny. We have, an, we have authority that the, the word says that, that, that nothing, shall, n- nothing that, that the enemies planned against us is going to prosper. 
that we have power in the name of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus, that if you're a believer, you have all the authority of heaven. Acts chapter 1 says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon a believer, that they receive power. And that word power is the word dunamis, or where we get the word in modern day dynamite. In other words, when, when, when God fills you with His Spirit, when He changes your life, He puts dynamite power inside of you. You have authority. You are not a victim. You are a victor in Christ. You have authority. Next time the enemy comes against you and you just kind of cower and, oh, I'm nobody and I can't do anything and, oh, it's just sickness and, oh, you know, this headache's probably can't, you know, it's going to die and all the things, it's so bad in my life, I'll never be able to. Understand, you have no reason to be insecure because you have all power of heaven and earth in you in Christ Jesus. Rise up and be who God's called you to be. Use the authority that God has given you. Jesus recognized the authority. And then he, he recognized too, like we need to, that he had an identity. Do you know you have an identity in Christ? You are not who other people say you are. You are who God says you are. You are all that God says you are. You have an identity. You're not, so you're not an accident. You're not a nobody. But in Christ, you have an identity. I put this in the front of my Bible and try to read it on a daily basis. It reminds me, reminds me who, who I am. It just says who I am. John 1.12, I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I've been justified. I've been bought with the price. I belong to God. I'm a member of Christ's body. I've been adopted as God's own child. I have direct access through the Holy Spirit. I have been forgiven of my sins. I'm complete in Christ. I'm free forever of condemnation. I'm assured that all things are going to work for the good. I'm free of, of any condemning charges against me. I'm confident of the good work that God started in me. It will be completed. I'm a citizen of heaven. I've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power of love. You get what I'm saying, church? That you have an identity. And you have an authority. And then you know you have a destiny as well. Come from God. You're returning to God. This world's not your home. You have a destiny that's greater than any situation that you face right now. And when you start getting your brain around your authority, your identity, and your destiny, you realize it's not about you and who's the greatest anymore. It's saying, oh God, what a privilege it is. God, who can I make a difference in? Who can I serve? How can I live? And that's why Jesus, when he fully realized that he had all authority, he had come from God and he was returning to God, he said, oh, oh there's no, nothing else to do but to serve. See, this is the basin of serving. This is what Jesus shows us, what Jesus gives us. He not only took off his robe, number three, he took the towel. What everybody else was trying to get away from and try to figure out who the, who the greatest person was and who the servant was, Jesus took the towel held it in his hand. Just imagine the disciples saying, what? What? Jesus is trying to show, this is, this is what it means to be a leader. It's a towel and a basin. Jesus wanted his disciples to understand what the texture of a towel felt like. A towel. A towel. A, a, a serving towel. See, see, a believer is supposed to have a towel. See, towels are made for messes. I have a lot of messes in my house. We have three young boys, and we buy paper towels in bulk, everybody. 
and we keep them on the counter because they're ready for some mess to happen. There's inevitably there's going to be a mess happening in those towels. It's like they're just sitting there waiting. Just put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. You know, I'm I'm made for the mess. You know, you know, as a believer, you're made for the mess. You're not made for the shelf. You're made for the mess. You're, you're made to get involved in the brokenness of people around you. And, and that's why if you're not in the mess, if that's why if you're not serving someone, if you're not loving, you are an unfulfilled Christian. I, I believe that. I, I think one of the hardest things in life is when, whenever we're trying to do life on our own and, and we're trying to solve all of our own problems. And what I've learned as a pastor is that my job's not to solve all your problems because... Because I, we, we, that's, that's just impossible. The one, one moment you get one problem solved, another one comes. But, but I can, as a pastor, give you something in your life bigger than your problems. And that's a purpose. That's a towel. Jesus was saying, I'm not interested in passing out titles, but I am interested in passing out towels. And that's why as a church, we, this is what we live for. We want to help you discover your purpose. We want to help you understand God puts you on this planet on purpose, that you're not just called to sit on a seat and, on a Sunday morning and, and just do that every week. Thank the Lord that you're here. I'm so glad you're here. But, but God puts you here to make a difference. He puts you here because He has a towel for your hand, some way to serve someone, some way to love someone, some, some, some way to care. Like, and we want to help you discover what that is. Or if you know what that is, we want to help empower you to do what God's put in your heart to do. And, and I love this. After, serve, after this past service, someone came up to me and said, Hey, Pastor, I got an idea to serve an area of our city that you know, no one's reaching and all that. What, what, was he, what was he saying? He was saying, there's a towel. Like, I see a towel and I want to serve. Like, God has a unique opportunity for your life and for my life to serve. If you'd like more information about that, God's drawing your heart today right after this service at 1.30. We have lunch, and it's called Next Steps Lunch, and it's just an opportunity to, to, to help discover your purpose. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to start discovering, man, God has put me on this planet to make a difference and to serve. So come today, 1.30. Jesus took up the towel. Here's the fourth thing Jesus did is He, he stooped down. He stooped down. He went low so that He could lift others up. He loved them despite their past mistakes, despite their present flaws, despite their future failures. And the amazing thing to me about this story is that um, the Scripture is so clear that Judas was among the men that were having their feet washed that day. Judas was the man that was literally about to betray Jesus and, and cause Him to die. And, and, and he served him anyway. What's there not to love about a God who washes feet like that? He stooped down. The fifth thing he did is he leaned into them. He got involved. He leaned in to the need. He leaned in to people. He didn't lean away. He leaned in and said, how can I, how can I get involved? How can I, how can I wash your feet? Jesus showed us what it looks like to be a leader, showed us what it looks like to serve. But what, what I was, what, what I was um, um, intrigued by this week is studying about the basin and the bowl of, of, of water that Jesus used to, to serve the disciples' feet as a leader, that there are actually a second basin in the story of, 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 this, of, this, of this Passion Week in the Bible. One week later, after Jesus washed the disciples' feet, there was another leader in 
his, he was actually the governor. He was a big deal. He was, his name was Pilate. And, and there was another basin of water in the story, and I want to read it to you. Matthew 27, this is one week after Jesus' basin of serving. It says, Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd, and they asked for Barabbas to release him and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked again, Which one of these do you want me to release to you? And the crowd shouted, Barabbas. But Pilate responded, Then what should I do with Jesus, who's called the Messiah? And they shouted, Crucify him. Why? Pilate demanded. So Pilate understood this was not, this man was not guilty. He, he didn't deserve to die. Uh, his wife had actually had a dream that Jesus was innocent before, and, and, and he, he was the governor, he was the leader. And he says, What crime has he committed? And the, the mob didn't answer, but they just roared louder and louder, Crucify him. Verse 24, when Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that the riot was developing, watch this, he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. Jesus, our God, our example, the God of all creation, humbles himself and serves another leader to me representing the way of the world. Instead of, instead of taking a basin and washing the feet of other people, he takes his basin and he washes his own hands of responsibility to make a difference in the lives of other people. Instead of taking his authority and responsibility and being a blessing and being at help, he took his authority and responsibility and served himself. See, this is the basin of self. So Jesus shows us the way of serving and Pilate shows us the way of self to keep self taken care of that it's all about me and he sits, literally sits there and he washes his own hands of responsibility and says you know what it's on y'all not my responsibility you know what if y'all want to do that then just do it so instead of leading and serving the people he chooses to serve himself and to wash his hands from his responsibility church my question for us today is which basin do you choose do you say God I want to follow your example and I want to serve. Or do you say, you know what? I'm too busy. The noise of our culture is so loud. I don't have time. You know, my life's kind of about me. I'm trying to keep my image. I'm trying to keep my own thing all together. It's just kind of all about me. And Pilate, because he refused to serve, missed out on the greatest event in human history. In church, if we don't serve and step up and follow the leader of our lives, follow the example of Jesus Christ, we'll miss out on the biggest blessings that God has for us. See, if the bowl is beneath us, the basin is beneath us, then the, the blessing is beyond us. We don't experience the blessing of God. So, so what do we do? Get up. Get up today. Get up Get involved in the life of somebody else around you. Notice. Be a noticer. Notice people at work tomorrow that are downcast. Notice people that are broken. Don't be, don't be so in, in your world. And I'm, man, I'm preaching to myself with this because it's so easy to just kind of be on a mission and be about your own life. And, 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 and God says, follow my example. No, get up. Get up. Get up from supper and, and, and look, how can I serve? How can I love? It's not, not about me. He, and I could say the next thing, lay aside your garment. Whatever authority or, uh, or, or kind of notoriety you have, don't use that 
like Pilate to lord it over people in, 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 in your world? Take off that garment. Take on the garment of a servant and say, any blessing God's put in my life, it's so that I can serve. See, when Jesus realized he was the most powerful man in that room, he made a conscious decision that day to serve. Can I tell you, you have a room or maybe multiple rooms where you are one of the, you're the most important person in that room. Maybe it's at your family dinner table. Maybe it's at your workplace. Maybe it's at your school. But can I challenge you, when you realize that God is, you're the most powerful person in that room, make the choice of the serving basin. Pick up the towel and to say, you know what? I'm here to serve. Take the water. Put it down. Say, you know what? It's not about me. I'm here to serve. I didn't ask him to do this. Pastor Derek, come, come, here, come up here, bud. Love and appreciate you, man. Haven't done this in any of the other services, but felt it so much. You know, serving is an awkward thing. I, I've, I've talked, tried to talk the Lord out of this so many times. You mind to sit down? Love to wash your feet, man. I thank God for you. Sure, you manicured and pedicured, right? Church, I just wanted to just remind you what it looks like. It's awkward. It's not something that's... And it's not to say it goes against everything in us. We don't want to do this. We don't get our hands dirty. We don't want to touch someone else's feet. Wipe the dirt. Wipe the grime off. I want somebody caring for me, right? But this is what it looks like to follow our Master. Appreciate you so much. Who can you serve? It's one thing to come to church and just go through the motions. I get it. But Jesus said the only blessings when you do it. I mean, I fought. Now I'm preaching this message, and I fought all service. I brought that water bottle, not thinking I would, not knowing if I would do it or not. What is that? This shows there's just such a human. Aversion, tumbling yourself. But church, this is what we're called to do. You say, well, I, you know, kids ministry is not really my thing. God help us. And I understand that we all have callings, and when we built this church around helping people find that unique purpose, and but sometimes I wonder if in if we tried to turn this thing into more something that's serving us than it is serving people. Serve.
servants just say, God, what, what can I do? It's not about me. It's about what you want to do in and through my life. I think when we serve, when we wash feet, it changes the atmosphere. You can feel it in the house. It does something. The heart of God is touched when we serve people. Not just when we have church. It's wonderful, but who can we serve? I think about the ladies of our Embrace Grace team that they, they love and serve on single moms that are choosing life. I got a picture of them a few weeks ago. They were washing feet of literally of manicures and pedicures of single moms and ladies that are um, just walking through pregnancy and do I you know do I keep the baby or not? And, and there's a team they'll they'll be over there tonight. They have a small group where they come together and they love on these ladies and they give them baby showers and they love on them and care for them and pray for them. I think about our love people group that are out there serving the homeless and this whole line of people here is people that they're serving and loving and every one of those people are people that God loves and, and cares for and they're worthy to be served and worthy to for people to get out of the, of the busyness of life and, and love on them and serve them and I think about our uh, serve day. We have a serve day, serve Saturday coming up this Saturday at 8.30 and, and 10.30. You can choose which time to come to and that's this Saturday and uh, this past month we fed 150 kids in our city that were not going to have food the week of spring break and they put them in boxes and and, and served together and, and, and took took food to those families and we actually got this invitation this week from the Maynard Community Library thanking the church for all the investment that, that we're doing in that community and making a difference and loving on them and caring for them and what's happening we're serving, we're, we're washing feet today I took this picture of, of people that were setting up outside in the rain and setting up tents in the rain and, and, and taking the church truck and putting out signs in the rain, wearing ponchos, people putting together worship guides and, and stuff you know in, in, in your packet there and putting everything together, people coming early and praying. It's, it's people that serve that make the difference. And, and let's just in the middle of all the busyness understand this is not some production or some business that we're all doing. This is a kingdom that's being led by a God who is a servant, who, 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 took, who took aside, put aside all of the of, of the trappings of heaven and came as a as a carpenter and just washed feet dirty feet of his disciples think about this picture I love this I, t I told our team um, what I was going to felt to teach about and our children's pastor Anna Lee she said you know what a few uh, months ago we were talking about the same thing here's a picture of, of a, one of our uh, kids workers uh, Suzanne she's actually singing up here today washing the foot of a child. You know, according to Luke chapter 9, that lady was washing the feet of Jesus. You see, it's one thing you say, you know what? If Jesus was here, I, I if, if Jesus walked in this room, I doubt there would be one person that you wouldn't do anything. Like, if he asked you to do anything, you'd do anything. Like, you would, you would, and you'd fall on your face, you'd worship, and if, and if it came time for him to wash your feet, he said, no, no, I want to wash your feet. And you'd get down, you'd want to wash the feet of Jesus. Do you know Jesus says that we have an opportunity to wash his feet every day? And that's the way we treat the broken. It's the way we treat children. It's the way we pre treat people that are far from him. He says, as much as you've done it to them, you've actually washed my feet. As much as you fed them, you actually fed me. 
as much as you've clothed them, you've actually clothed me. He said, never forget, if you want to be the greatest, the greatest among you is the servant. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for washing our feet, Lord. Take us back. Take us back, God, to a place of serving, to a place of humility. Let the city see you through the way that we serve them, the way that we value them.